1: Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 148 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be to meet the people that make theater happen. Just a quick reminder that you can download and subscribe to the podcast from the Apple Podcast app or from iTunes. That way your feed will be automatically updated when we release episodes. You can also find us on the Broadway Podcast Network where you can find all our back episodes. You can also listen to us on many other podcast streaming services such as Stitcher and Google Play please rate and review our podcast if you have a spare 30 seconds and help us reach more theater lovers out there around the globe and more than ever we need to commune right now and now for this week's episode so we have Past 100 days in lockdown here in London. And as restrictions ease around the country for small and non-essential businesses, as of the time of release of this episode, July 1st, 2020, there is still no specific news for the theater industry and live entertainment industries as a whole as to when they can get back to business as usual. Now, we know the pressure and uncertainty that that puts on freelancers who work in the industry. And we will be bringing you a special episode with a panel of freelancers in the very new future future but what about the buildings themselves now, we have seen news reports high-profile buildings going into administration including the theater Royal Plymouth and Nuffield Southampton theaters I mean these are two huge organizations I had the opportunity to have an online chat with John David Morgan of the theaters trust to explain what they're doing to both raise awareness for the issue but also how they're actively reopening theaters that have long since been closed have a listen Thank you very much for taking the time to do this.
0: Yeah, no problem. I
1: appreciate that it is a very busy time and I imagine that your organization is getting bombarded. I mean, for a a lack of a, a softer word, but bombarded with requests for what you think or what you guys have plans for or how people are being helped or how many questions of relief Um, but before we get into that, John, why don't we talk about the Theatre Trust and who you are, what you do at the Theatre Trust? So I'm just going to let you freeform it, John, and you please tell us all and tell the listeners um, what it is that the Theatre Trust is and uh, what you do.
0: Okay, so we're the UK's uh, National Advisory Body for theatres, specifically theatre buildings. So we work with local communities, theatre operators, local authorities to protect and promote our theatre buildings. What we want is for there to be theatre buildings across the UK so that people can access live performance. So uh, we have a kind of very kind of formal role uh, within the UK planning system, which means that uh, whenever a theatre wants to uh, be, they want to extend the building or they uh, want to build a new theatre, we will be asked our opinion and our advice. And we'll do everything from looking at business models through to the design uh, to try and make sure it's the best possible theater it can be.
1: That is a pretty huge remit, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. We probably respond to about 300 planning applications a year. Okay. Uh, And uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a small team. There's only about eight of us, but uh, we we keep busy
1: does that cover site-specific things
0: uh no not unless it's uh, uh, uh technically a theater building so we wouldn't be concerned with uh we're less concerned well, we are concerned with performance obviously we're interested in what goes on inside buildings and and in particular their role kind of at, at the center of communities but we don't get involved in non-theater-based performance particularly
1: and how long has the theater trust been going again
0: uh, so we were started in 1976. So we're what 40? What does that make us? 44? Mm. Yeah.
1: Yes. Fantastic. So I've seen you guys at different trade um, fairs at the ABTT uh-huh. or Plaza or um, well, Theatercraft, all kinds of things. Uh-huh. So it's nice to finally sit down and talk with you, John. <laughs> um, because I think what your work that you do is is fantastic. And I think it gives a voice to the cares and the pitfalls and the, I don't know, the obstacles that theaters face as brick and mortar places, mm. um, but also as cultural cornerstones mm. in Britain. And Britain leads the world in theater, it really does. It's the birthplace, isn't it, mm. of modern theater. When you're the voice the mouthpiece for such a large group. And how, how many theatres do you look after at the moment?
0: So, so we, uh, on our database, there is about 1,100 active theatres. We also work, believe it or not, with theatres that aren't currently doing working, working as performance venues uh, because one strand of our activity is where there's local demand for it, encouraging and supporting the local community to reopen uh, theatres that are maybe... Uh, currently used as bingo halls or maybe just sitting empty. Um, so over the last 15 years or so, we've managed to reopen 80 theatres. Uh,
1: well, that's fantastic.
0: That previously were, as I say, either being used as a nightclub or, or, or just empty, lying empty.
1: That's great work. It's such a good work because uh, we love the preservation of our industry. And if it means that, the, again, the bricks and mortar, they're not turned into an office block, mm. if it's used for a community-based mm. Well, your uh, endeavor, that's fantastic. Absolutely.
0: You're right, John. I mean, you know, uh, uh, the bricks and mortar, you know, they're a means to an end. They're, 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 they're what they represent for the local community, about the identity, making the place where they live feel like a good place to be. Um, and and it, we shouldn't forget, of course, that it's really important for the local economy as well. So because when people go into towns and cities to see theater, yes, they spend an awful lot of money on transport and restaurants and sometimes hotels. Um, you know, for instance, one of the theatres that we uh, are helping to reopen uh, in uh, um, Stockport. Oh, Stockport, sorry, so, <laughs> got that wrong. Uh, in, in, uh, um, oh gosh, can't remember where it is now. There's too many of them going on. That's why. Uh, so one of the ones that we're hoping to, to in Stockton. Uh, which is quite different from Stockport. Stockton in the northeast of England. Uh, A different different part of the country altogether. Uh, um, That's the the Globe in Stockton. Uh, That's going to reopen. Actually, it's a live music venue. Oh, fantastic. Um, It's a huge uh, space. It's been shut for a long time. And uh, the local authority are really supportive of it and are going to put a lot of money into it because they calculate it's worth about £10 million a year to the local economy. So, you know you know, theater is good and important because of what it says about the human condition and, and bringing communities together. But also there's a kind of hard edge, you know, economic side to it as well, you know,
1: listen, it all boils down to that. No one's going to just keep throwing money at something if it, if it's non viable. But, but look, I was driving this morning with my son. And he's 18. And we were talking about um, how much it brings to the economy, how much theater does. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite statistic is that theaters and just, just in the West end outsell all Premier League and, mm. and English football league tickets, sales combined in a single year. And he was, is that true? I said, yes, it is. Yeah. And it has been for a while. Yeah, yeah. It contributes a huge amount. Like you say, um, the, the beyond the tickets, mm. the beyond the seats. Yeah. But, you well, know, brings into any
0: more than th- 34 million people a year in the UK go to see theatre. And that's about one and a quarter billion of ticket sales. Yeah. You know? And that's not just West End, as you rightly say, John, it's across the country. And we're talking about venues ranging from uh, um, grand city centre spaces where some of the big musicals tour into, but also really small little community spaces above pubs. And and in and in rural villages as well. Mm. And it's it's the whole gamut that I find really exciting. Some of my
1: favorite places. Yeah. Some of my favorite. Going into those pub theaters, I love it. Yeah. Love performing in them. I love going. Well, back in the day, I used to run a children's theatre company in Scotland,
0: and we used to tour around all sorts of parts of rural Scotland. And I swear the best time ever is when you do a show in a small village hall somewhere and the whole village turns out and you're in the pub with them afterwards talking about the show, telling you, telling you quite clearly what they liked and didn't like. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, but that's how theater has been for 500 years in this country, yeah, absolutely. hasn't it? Like people the traveling troops of actors going around earning their crust and a bed for the night before moving on. Let's talk about where we are now Mm -hmm. Um, because I think it's really important. Um, You guys put out a press release uh, late, uh, a a week ago, about Mm -hmm. a week ago, maybe Mm -hmm. a week half. And it's pretty, there's no way to sugarcoat it, is Mm -hmm. it, John? We are in a crisis. Um, Every other industry is also feeling pain. Mm -hmm. We get that. What it feels like to me, and it's not just because I'm in this industry, is that we just feel like we're behind Mm -hmm. um, in regards to, what assistant there is uh, to get us out of this hole mm. and with the news yesterday and just to timestamp this uh the government announced that pubs and restaurants and mm. music halls and music venues could open again but not theaters and mm. uh, no theaters could open but you couldn't have any live performances yeah so it's really tricky times mm. but could you just take me through your press release because i think it is phenomenal statistics and i think everybody needs to hear it and know exactly the numbers that you're talking about?
0: Okay, so um, uh, we we know there's about 1100 active theaters across the UK, about half of them are run by charities. Um, and uh, we reckon that uh, about 57% of those charities have less than three months money left for them to keep going. Uh, uh, so in fact, the vast majority, and that's just the charity run theaters, uh, but this is also affecting commercial theatres, it's affecting subsidised theatres. The awful situation we're in is that theatres are going to be probably one of the last things to reopen fully, Um, mainly because um, uh, they can't operate viably with social distancing. Mm. Um, So we know social distancing has to be there. It's it's really important for public health. We're not trying to suggest that we should get rid of social distancing until it's safe to do so. But what we want is some acknowledgement and some support from government in recognition of the fact that theatres simply cannot afford to reopen while social distancing is in place. Most theatres need at least 70% uh, attendance capacity uh, in order to break even. Uh, You'll have heard the news, as you mentioned, John, yesterday about cinemas. The reason why it's not quite such bad news for cinemas is that they typically don't need uh, the same percentage, attendance, they, yeah. they can manage on 30%, because they show different films all day, every day, in multiple venues, in multiple spaces. Yes. We can only put on one or two shows a day at the most, yeah. and we're playing, like, paying live actors and live uh, stage crew stage technicians. every time they perform, quite rightly, of, of course. So it's a lot more expensive to put on theater than it is to show lots and lots of movies. So that's the reason why cinemas and theaters are in a slightly different position. What we would really like government to do is to recognise that and to, to, to extend the support that they have very generously offered to us and to other sectors beyond or up to the point where we can properly reopen. Sure. Uh, we don't know when that is yet. And that's the other thing we're working with government to try and work out is can we at least have a roadmap that says uh, um, when we think it might be possible so people can start to plan ahead a bit more because we literally have no idea whether we might be able to reopen fully in September or it might be December or it might be March or, or some other date.
1: Sure. I think you've hit, you've got right to the nub of the problem, which is the uncertainty yeah. the, for the freelancers, for the theater owners, for the producers, yeah. for the supporting industries, yeah. there's a massive uncertainty as to kind of planning for when yeah. um, you guys will have seen, or your organization mm-hmm. would have seen dips and troubles and, um, closures before nothing on this scale um as the go-to place where where can people come to you to get advice i mean you have a website but on your website what can they find
0: okay so we are keeping the website up to date with every single bit of government advice and guidance that there is so if you go to our to our website you'll you'll find all that information on there um, we're also uh scaling up our very small team and we're going to recruit an additional person to give people a bit more in depth advice uh, we 're very conscious that um, theaters come in all shapes and sizes, and, and uh, whilst our service is open to all theaters of any scale or size, we 're very aware that smaller theaters without spe- you don 't necessarily have specialist teams will have questions around things like how do I maintain my building while it 's cl- closed. If I do decide to reopen with social distancing, what safety measures do I need to put in place? Um, uh, uh, how do I negotiate with my landlord if I'm running a pub theatre and the landlord is saying, you've got to pay your rent or else? Um, yeah. We we can give um, some advice around all those kinds of areas to help people navigate this next stage, even business plan advice and you know looking at cash flows and advising people yeah. how they might try and save some money so they can keep going a bit further or a bit longer. So um, uh, we've also managed to get some of our fantastic uh, corporate supporters these are people that you mentioned john who work in the industry providing technical supplies advice about design all that kind of thing uh, a number of them have volunteered to give some pro bono advice and three amazing so if you get in touch with us we will we'll try and directly adv- answer your question and if we can't we'll, we'll will direct you towards one of our our corporate supporters, one of those other bodies or organizations who have a bit more in-depth advice, say around insurance, for instance, or legal stuff, which we're not specialists in. We know the basics and we can give you a bit of basic guidance, but if your request is a bit more complicated, we can guide you to actual lawyers or actual uh, insurance brokers who can say, this is what you need to say to your insurer right now.
1: Excellent, which is always helpful advice. (laughs) I imagine your team is gonna, I don't wanna get into hiring practices or anything Mm. else, but I can imagine your team might be quite stretched Mm. when things really start kicking off because there's gonna be a lot of Mm. people asking a lot of questions. If someone wanted to help out in some way, can they get in touch and, and feel they may have time right now to do it? Is that something that you'd welcome or Oh, support? yeah.
0: I mean, what's interesting is since we put the press release out, a number of other companies and organis- and individuals have come forward and said, actually, I'd like to give some time for free as well. Um, so we, you know, we, we very much welcome any kind of, of help of that kind. Just remembering it's focusing specifically on theatre buildings and that kind of management side of things. Mm. Uh, um, so, yeah, they should just get in touch with us. And, and uh, you know, uh, we can't guarantee who will get used to do what because it depends what queries query come into us. But we're always, you know, happy to kind of get support. Uh, and we ourselves are also, you know, looking at our own financial situation because we actually derive most of our income from ticket sales. Uh, ah, right. So okay. we don't get any subsidy from the, from the government. Uh, so because theaters are closed, we're also... You know we're okay, we're fine because we, we we we've managed to build up some reserves over the years but but yeah, we're having to be careful about our resources too.
1: I want to jump back for a second because you talked about the theater owners thinking about how to reopen and mm. the the resources they were need. There was a article with Andrew Lloyd Webber about a week and a half ago talking about doing a A Opening up the Palladium Mm. for a trial run Mm. with no social distancing, masks and gloves and things like they're doing for Phantom of the Opera in South Korea. Mm. But he was also talking about a machine that was clearing customs to come and, you know, scan people's. And I think, well, that's great if you're Andrew Lloyd Webber and you have the resources at your fingertips. However, somebody at the Globe in Stockton, is not gonna be able to necessarily have that mm. kind of resource at their disposal. Mm. So if this isn't really a one size fits all problem, is it?
0: No, and I think that's another, another kind of area where we're gonna be very busy in the coming weeks because uh, there is gonna be some guidance that we and others have been working with the government on that's going to come out. Uh, uh, probably quite soon. We don't quite know the timetable, uh, and and it, but it will be saying you need to keep social distancing. But that guidance will change over time, as and when the kind of health conditions change, and and so, it, understandably or necessarily, it's kind of complicated. It's about fifty pages long. So wow. we're gonna we expect to get calls where we help people interpret the guidance. Again, the the big organisations with specialist management teams will probably be able to negotiate that and also, as you say, afford the extra kind of mitigation things, mm. the safety things, the hygiene things that you talked about. Small theatres won't. And, and what we will do is help them do something, think about what's reasonable and realistic for them, given the scale of their operation. Um, we will also uh, have a very small uh, um, uh, fund, which normally is uh, for people to spend on making physical improvements to their buildings. Sure. We've decided to expand that fund to allow people uh, to apply for funding to cover those kinds of hygiene costs, um, probably wouldn't stretch to thermal imaging, but we, would, <laughs> but, but certainly things like you know hand sanitizers yes. and you know uh, uh, um, uh, putting in different kinds of taps on your on, in, in your bathrooms yeah. and all that kind of thing. Uh, so, so it's not a massive fund, and I expect it will be oversubscribed. But people should have a quick mm. look at our website and and uh, and uh, when they're ready, put in a bid.
1: Yeah, well, that's amazing. So if Well, if anybody's listening and and wants to actually contribute to those funds, I think that's a fantastic way to help out, actually. Yeah, that
0: would be wonderful. I mean, we're actively going to all our normal funders and saying, can you give us a bit more money? And some of them can, some of them can't. It all depends on their own situation. But yeah, we're trying to, I mean, the fund is currently about £120,000, so it's not a lot of money. You know, it won't go very far.
1: Well, not when you're talking about 1,100 theatres, <laughs> exactly, active theatres. Exactly.
0: I mean, obviously, we'll focus it on the ones who need it more and who are less in a position to, 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 you know, to, to use their own money. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. If anyone can help us out with kind of more donations to that, that fund, then it's going to go to an extremely good cause uh, um, that, that means the difference between some theatres being able to reopen and, and some closing forever.
1: Great. Well, I'll make sure to put a link in the show notes okay, um, cool. for people to to... to so I'm going to get to you quickly. Fabulous. Last question before we let you go. Um, how are your days, John? Because I know that you've been very busy. You were talking about the DCMS. Um, and I'm sure there are a lot of f- fantastically interesting people in on those conversations as well. Mm. Um, what are your days spent like uh, when you yeah. have nowhere to go in quotes, big air quotes? <laughs>
0: Well, I think like a lot of people who are working from home at the moment, it's really tempting to do super long days. And and actually sometimes there's just no choice uh, because we're trying to do an awful lot of quite detailed and complicated work really quickly. Mm. Um, You know, like I said, the guidance that that we and others are looking at is really complicated. Uh, I've got to feedback by the end of, well, by the end of tomorrow uh, on that guidance. Um, You know, as I say, there's a lot of it. So I spent a lot of time talking to lots of the theatres talking to other theater bodies uh, like the, the, the equivalents in Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland um, uh, and uh, yeah talking to journal, journalists as well about mm-hmm. you know what 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 the sector needs talking to government is mostly zoom calls and phone calls and discussions um, you know and it's it, yeah it isn't you know the, the situation is really serious and it's becoming it's getting to a critical point now yeah. where people are, as you've probably seen in the press people are making decisions around whether to make people redundant or not and that's why we yeah. need this roadmap because it will help people make clearer decisions about whether or not they're going to be able to do a christmas show for, for loads of theaters across the country the christmas show is make or break
1: exactly you know
0: it's anything up to 40 of, percent of of their income for the year and so knowing whether or not they can do it will affect what decisions they make um, alongside people, make, you know, going through redundancy processes, we've seen four theatres go bust so far. Mm. We're in touch with all those theatres, with the the person who owns the building, yeah. the local authority, the administrators who are dealing with insolvency, yeah. to try and make sure that it doesn't get broken up, sold off. Yeah, I think all that.
1: There's got to be a solution out there, John. There's got to be a way that you can furlough the actual building. Mm. You know, we have got to look after the culture, mm. the, the culture of this country, the arts have mm. got to be protected. And I think if you can f- furlough a, a whole mm. theater mm. for a year where they just didn't have to pay the rates, they didn't have to pay. I mean, I know that the, the staff, I know it's horrible, but even supporting them in some small way that they wait this out because it's gonna open yeah. and people will want to get out and there will be a vaccine or the treatment that's effective and people will need theater, yeah. they will need to commune. Absolutely, and, and I think, you know, that's
0: what we're encouraging people to do is to think about how to furlough their theater in the best way possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, we've also been talking to government and it's, you know, who knows whether we'll actually be able to do this, but we put forward a proposal whereby we might become an operator of last resort. Where the operator goes fast. Right. But we would need some support to do that because that doesn't come for yeah. free. So so you know, who knows? We might go down that road. I'd much rather government supported theatres now, so we don't have to do that. Sure. But also, I mean, you know, the buildings are really important, but there are two parts of our sector that are really important. Or the if you like the the, the value of our sector is the buildings, but it's the people. And and you know. Furloughing theatres is not an easy decision because of all the people we will lose, all the talent we will mm. lose, all the freelance actors, yeah. all the freelance yeah. designers, the the stage management crew, the the the, the, the fantastic marketing people working in theatre yeah. buildings. You know what's going to happen to all those people if they don't have work for a year or two years? We're going to lose all that talent from the industry. Yeah. So much as my job is around the buildings, I'm I'm desperately worried about what's going to happen to all the all the people. At yeah.
1: time. There's a solution. There's always a solution. Mm. Always. And uh, there is a way to support, even in some small way, all of those people who would have to wait it out. There is a way. And I'm sure with the brilliant minds uh, getting together, like yourself, John, and your compatriots at the Theatre Trust and everyone you're talking to, there will be a solution sooner rather than later. And if
0: you take the longer view... um... You Know theatres have been going through crises for, de- for, for centuries. You know, yeah, in the 17th century they were, cl- they were shut for 40 years and and and, yes. and they still bounce back. And you know, when yeah. cinema came along, everyone said, Oh, the theater's going to die. And then when telly came along, everyone said, Theater's going to die. Yeah. What I know from my experience, and I know I'm sure you do, John, from your work, is people want to commune, people want to share stories. We will find a way of doing that again,
1: yeah. Absolutely. Last one. Where can people find you, John? That's, where can people go to the, online? So
0: we are theatrestrust.org.uk.
1: Excellent. And online, any social media platforms they can find? Uh,
0: yes, we are at theaters, trust on, on uh, uh, Twitter. Uh, yep. We're on Facebook as well. can't remember what the handle is, but we're on Facebook as well. We'll uh, put it in there. Yeah. Yeah. So we're on all those social media channels as well, which we regularly update.
1: Brilliant. John, thank you so much for your time and appreciate your hard work on behalf of everybody that works in theatres. We really appreciate it.
0: Well, wonderful. Thank you for talk- thank you for asking me to talk with you today, John.
1: John David Morgan of the Theatres Trust here in the UK. Now, before I go, just a few housekeeping bits. You can follow us on all the socials. it's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Curtain Call. And you can follow me at John Schwab. It's John with an H, -H S-C-H-W-A-B. We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast. Just get in touch with me via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned or write to me personally at john at CurtainCallOnline.com. It just leaves me to say a huge thank you to The theaters Trust and to John David Morgan for all they are doing in the fight to keep theatres opening and thriving and everything else they're doing to support the industry during this COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you, John. Be sure to check the show notes for ways that you can get in contact with them. A big thank you to Sure Microphones for sponsoring this episode. And thank you for listening to the Curtain Call Theatre podcast. Stay safe yourselves and reach out to someone, anyone. Ask them how they're doing. You might just make their day. Bye.